Midwest women cultivate a community at the D&D table. I'm Soren. And I'm Katie. This week in the Rose Garden, we're talking about character death. We're going to talk about what it's like when you manifest your character's death on a podcast week after week and the repercussions that you have to be ready for if you're going to commit to manifesting that hard. That's what we're talking about this week. Oh, so before we jump into this, there's the the briefest disclaimer for you all is Katie. Um is obviously Katie just said it. We are talking about character death. Um, and we're talking about it from the personal player's perspective and from like other members of the party's perspective. So if that is something that is a little too much for you or um, you just really don't want to don't need that energy today right, to check into that, um, we will do our best to like obviously to to not get too dark or too um, too deep. But we are we we also need this space to be able to talk about it together. And uh, we hope that it can be a good resource for anyone else who might go through a character death and you might feel like you're overreacting to it. And in reality, like we've put ourselves in a position to genuinely experience grief just with fictional characters. So um, yeah, just brief disclaimer. If at any point you need to hop out of this episode, we don't blame you Um, for those of you who stick around uh, just be cognizant of how you're feeling during the episode. But uh, we appreciate you all for being here. And welcome to a show about death. <laughs> Let's jump into this pool of <laughs> knowledge, experience <laughs> together. This little tidal pool, if you will. We're just going <laughs> to dip our toes in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I want, if you're sitting here wondering, what are they talking about? Please go listen to the other episodes and you'll get it. Um, but what we are getting into today, if it wasn't clear before, I'll make it blatantly clear right now. Crystal. Crystal clear. Uh, Prim died. Just like throw that, just like launch it out of the gun. And? And Valen died. There it is. That's I feel like we probably don't have to keep clarifying, but that's TJ's character. Um, so it was a twofer. It was two birds, one stone. It Come on, man. <laughs> I'm okay. So something I've learned about myself in this moment, uh, in this last little week, has been that some of the time when I'm dealing with this, I am going to be humorous about it. Um <laughs> And it is not coming from a place of invalidating. It's not coming from a place of like, lol, 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 lol. It's just like a part of how I go about it. So just know that about it. (laughs) Um, So what we're going to do this week is talk about what a what happened, fill you in on exactly what went down. Um, And then we're going to kind of chronologically go through uh, the last little bit. So this happened um, on a Friday. Um, We are recording on a Saturday. So it's been a full week and a day since. So we're going to talk about the night that it happened from both my perspective and then Soren's perspective. And then we're going to 
legit take a break. We're going to do our roll with it just for like a nice little palate cleanser (laughs) moment of lightheartedness. And then we're going to get into the following weekend and then uh, the week after that. And we're going to do both from uh, the each of our perspectives and we'll kind of take turns. So um, you'll get to experience kind of through my lens and then also through Soren's lens. Um, and we'll, you know, be able to ask each other like poignant questions and get to know each other from a emotional perspective. We're already such good friends, but we can, we can, there's always opportunity to get closer. And that's what we're going to do today. Oh my God. <laughs> Welcome to this energy. Okay. Uh, it is ever so slightly unhinged just and um i'm i'm interested and i'm 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 not gonna i'm a little nervous um a little nervous for uh digging into both of our perspectives because they were two very dramatically different experiences of the situation yeah for sure for sure (laughs) okay so um I'm going to recap. This is going to have to come from me because of the nature of how this all went down. (laughs) Um, And I'm going to do my best to not like you all don't need the full lore background of our campaign. So (laughs) I'm going to try to keep it a little bit vague for the sake of uh, brevity here. Um, But as... We went into Friday. Um, Sam had mentioned, like, shit's going to pop off. Um, and we were like, huh, okay. W- like, what does that mean? I don't even... Okay, sounds good. Um, and basically, we, in our campaign, are dealing with arch devils. Um, and one of our players, Justin... Hey, Justin. Um, <laughs> his character has a warlock. He's a warlock. His patron is an arch devil. And he's a trickster, this this archdevil. He's clever and... It's a slippery little he's, fellow. He's a slippery little fellow. <laughs> um, and so we had left kind of being in this pocket dimension-y uh, tower of a P, uh, NPC that had been an ally. And he had just given us a lot of, like, lore drop. Um, And we basically wake up in that same place, but, like, things are different. There's a a red hue outside of our bedroom doors, and that is an alert that, like, uh uh-oh. We will, we will. (laughs) Something's not right. Uh, (laughs) So um, this archdevil meets with people in turn, um, and... Sam kind of opened it up to, like, who go- who goes first. Mm-hmm. And there were three of us that were like, yeah, we check it out. Uh, it was Grant. Hey, Grant. It was Justin. <laughs> hey, Justin. And it was myself. Um, and so he met with us in that order. Um, again, I don't want to, like, get lost in the sauce. So I'm trying to, like, negate the stuff that is not... Not imperative, imperative to the yeah, to, to this particular story that we're trying to get across. Right. He meets with uh, Oren, Grant's character, and Aaron. They went first. And then I had said that I would go next, but I, that's kind of where the buck stopped. We hadn't gotten past that yet. Um, but when it was my turn, Sam called me and TJ at the same time. And so we were meeting, like, we hang out and do D&D in our basement. And for each of these... Uh, 
instances Sam took the person upstairs. And basically what it turned into, and I don't think this is really getting into it too quickly. I mean, it is what it is. Um, this archdevil was basically making deals with giving the opportunity to make a deal with him. Um, and part of the deal was you had to be silent to the other players about what happened in the upstairs. So at like one point, I remember you were like, I have to, I want to go upstairs and get like a Dr. Pepper and, and <laughs> I go fill my water. And Grant literally was like, um, no. no, actually you can't. <laughs> um, so TJ and I get upstairs and we start this scene. Sam starts some music. We start the scene. Um, and the arch devil basically is like, well, okay, some clarity. Uh, I, Prim is a cleric of Melora and uh, Valen is a paladin of Melora. So we were both um, connected to this other deity in some way. And this deity is important to the arch devil. It's anyway. Okay. So he basically looks at us and goes, I know I'm not going to be able to make a deal with either of you. So instead of making a deal, we're going to play a game. And the game basically was a prisoner's dilemma of sorts. It was, you have two choices, belief or doubt. Um, if you believe that the rest of your party won't make a deal with me, you place your bet on belief. If you believe that even just one would take the deal, you put your bet on doubt. And the kicker is that if one of you is wrong, the correct one dies. If both of you are right, we got like a boon basically from the archdevil. And if both of us are wrong, we both died. And I like out of character ask like, do we get a chance to like fucking talk about this? Or is it just like a blindly place your bet? And he was like, no, you can talk. So TJ and I kind of looked at each other and went, okay. And we had like legit conversation, like honestly kind of metagamey conversation in that like <laughs> we were like, okay, I don't know what kind of deals he's presenting everybody. I don't think that anyone would take a deal out of gain. I think people would take a deal out to protect. Like if he was threatening something, it makes sense for somebody in our party to be like, well, I don't want you to hurt this person. So yes, I'll take that deal. And we both had doubt like the, he gave us two pieces of paper to like indicate our bet. And we both had doubt in our hands. We were both like, it is possible that a couple of our party could be swayed to take a deal out of protection of somebody else. And we almost set it on the table and then we both went, wait. And TJ, I'm pretty sure it was TJ. TJ looked at me and he was like, but if we're wrong and we both selected doubt, what does that communicate to the rest of our party? And I was like, oh. God damn it, TJ. I was like, oh, yeah. I, I Like, I agreed. I was like, you're right. And he was like, I would rather be wrong and have selected belief that we believed in our party and we believed in our friends than be wrong and have doubted them. 
And I was like, oh, man. Yeah, that's a good point. And, like, coming from a prim perspective, as the old lady of the party, that's also, like, she wants these younger people to believe in themselves and their power. And so we both kind of looked at each other and I said, are you sure? And he was like, yep. And we like agreed and we looked at our papers and went and placed belief on the, on the table instead. And Sam's reaction, he looked at the thing and immediately started bawling. And I went, are you crying because we made such a beautiful choice about our friends? So ironic. (laughs) (laughs) And he didn't stop crying and he didn't stop to explain. And, and that alone, like the silence, well, silence, the lack of explanation was explanation. You know what I mean? Uh, So without getting too much further into it, that is basically what happened. And, Oh, I guess I should say um, it was immediate. Like there was no role. There was like that was you lost the, the game. We lost the game. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that made me think of like 2010. Oh, oh I my god. Lost the game. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so Sam, once he collected himself, narrated what happened to us. That we, he was like, it wasn't painful. It, there was no pain associated. It was just like. Uh, mental images of like picturing our friends um he looked at me and and there was a moment where an npc had given prim this kind of ominous prediction that her friends would be the death of her he was like you remember what he said to you about your friends being the death of you and then valen you remember the like carpenter's nail that you gave prim when you said like you wouldn't let that happen And you kind of like shake that out and you see Booker and Booker is Prim's love interest and who like passed in a big war a long time ago. And Booker was the one to receive us in this like afterlifey plane, um, which is still in for our friends in Arborea, um, which is the place where Melora is, where Valen is from. But it's like a no access place where like he he doesn't get to like go home to his parents that is separate, but it is in that same like world. Um, And like part of the deal also that another player had made um, was that Melora was free. So Melora is no longer pinned down. So I was Prim was getting and Valen were getting pre- received by Melora as well. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So that is what happened. That is what occurred. Um, so now, unless you have things you want to say about that, we can get into the like reactional part of it. Oh, no, we can. Yeah, we can go ahead okay. and do that. Um, so we were going to start with that evening chronologically. Um, and we'll just go like. I'll go and then Soren will go or the other way around. I guess it oh, you can go first um, and then we'll take a break after that. Even. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Yeah, we don't need one. <laughs> so, OK, I have bullet points about that evening. Um, 
so I mean, initially, and like, who's surprised, right? Um, it was just like an immediate, like, shock. Mm-hmm. And in my head, I was literally like, you mother, you manifest, you literally <laughs> talked about this every week for I the past this. two months. <laughs> but my face was still like mouth agape. Like I was literally like, no, that's impossible. <laughs> T- and TJ was the same. Like we were both like, oh shit. Oh shit for real. Oh shit for real. <laughs> um, and then like once that shock kind of set in, then it was like tears. Mm-hmm. And it was very like TJ and I held hands like while Sam was narrating like what was happening. Yeah. And it like so there was like a very immediate shock and sadness. And whereas the other players were up there for like what 30 minutes to 40, maybe 45 at the longer end. Not even that. 15. You guys were up there for almost an hour and a half. Right. But I think everyone else, I think it might be close to like 15, 20. Okay. Like it really wasn't long. My time management at that point had exited the building. I don't know what time is. Right. So. (laughs) Um, So. There was that immediate shock and sadness. There were tears. There was like a, oh my gosh, this is actually occurring. Okay, got it. Um, There was a little bit of like, oh, but also Valen. Whoa. Like that is, wow. Like it's just like, you know, like a a wormhole of like understanding. Mm -hmm. Um, And part of that wormhole of understanding was... Prim's fulfillment. She did what she set out to do. Mm-hmm. Melora is free. Mm-hmm. Kiri is getting the like mentorship that she wanted. She is growing as her druid self. She got to meet Mistra in like a very weird, like roundabout way. Like all of those things, like that happened. She did it. Mm-hmm. And so, like, and being accepted into this place by Booker is also like this like full circle kind of a thing. So there was like the grief of of Katie losing this character, but simultaneously Prim being like, oh, yeah, like happiness doesn't feel right, but like at peace a little bit, you know what I mean? Um, And then from a player perspective, simultaneously to all of what I just said, having a understanding of this 3000 feet level of seeing the possible party development that will come from this and understanding Katie's opportunity to try something new and like, like straight up, like stacked on top of each other, all of those things taking place in the same bullet time. Um, and that was wild. I mean, we were up there for an hour and a half. Mm -hmm. It felt like 20 minutes. Like it did not feel like that much time had passed. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I wrote down was having a buddy, like 
I had mentioned to TJ when he like followed me upstairs, I was like, gosh, I'm so glad you're up here too. <laughs> like I, Katie was freaked out about talking to this archdevil by herself. And so having TJ there was like a trusted buddy. Um, and that felt nice. That felt nice from, and like also because these were kind of isolated incidents that not everybody got to be privy to being able to share that weight with him was also nice. Um, and then like, so right this, we were up there for an hour and a half. It felt like 20 minutes. So like all of those things happened at once. And then in the next moment going, we have to go communicate this to everyone else and or considering there was this like sworn secrecy knowing that we might have to not say anything we might have to go down there and pretend like everything's chill and nothing happened and that felt worse and so tj and i communicated like immediately to sam like i can't keep this a secret and I literally told Sam also, I was like, I do a podcast. Like, I'm like, how am I supposed to go do a podcast about D&D and pretend like this didn't just occur? <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, so we agreed that Sam would narrate that to the group and that would be where we ended the session so that people didn't have to, like, sit there and try to play still. Um, so we decided that we were going to like write notes and TJ chose to write a note that was just for Lura. Um, and then Prim wrote like a sentence or two for everybody. Um, and that is also what took up a lot of that time is that we were just kind of quietly sitting there and writing for a little while so that Sam had something to present. And I also told Sam like, there is no way in God's green earth that I'm going to be able to read these things myself. So you're going to have to help me out as the DM and read these things for me. And he was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to read these things out loud. <laughs> uh, so we did that. And then this is <laughs> actually the last thing I have about this evening. And, and part of it is because this last one is a big one. Um, but like I said, those feelings that I just listed all felt so stacked on top of each other, um, that they, they feel they all felt very, very large, but they happened so simultaneously. Um, so this last one, we come downstairs or like, we're getting ready to get up to come downstairs and this like anvil set on my shoulders of, now I have to be ready to receive everyone else's reactions. And I don't know what that's going to look like. And I don't know how long, like what all Sam has up his sleeve to like narrate. But I just have to like sit there and like hold space for it. Um, and the like roles that I felt like I had to hold on to were being a host, because this was my home that everyone was in, being a friend, because at the end of the day, that's what we're doing, 
but then also being the host of the character who passed and like holding like that fulfillment that I talked about earlier, like that's still like in my head at this point. And like, where do I put all of those things and how do I hold on to all of those things at the same time? And it was the weirdest, like out of body experience that I could possibly like describe. I like TJ and I kind of kept looking at each other and we kept looking around the room. Sam was emotional and struggling to get through it. Um, like I noticed immediately your reaction and like understanding where that was coming from. I immediately noticed Emily's reaction, which was just like a quiet sadness. I immediately noticed Justin who was like, <laughs> like shocked a little bit and like, uh, Oh God, like what happened? You know, like that kind of a thing. Um, I don't mean to put words in your mouth, Justin, but it felt a little bit like you knew who we talked to and we knew you could tell that, you know, at least I could tell that there was a little bit of responsibility there that I could notice. Um, and like wanting to like make room for what I was feeling while like sending like tendrils out to all of my friends to be like, what do, how can I, what do you need from me? What do you want? How can I, um, and like not knowing how to do all of those right. things. Um, so I'm about to say the words, that's it, which I say that with the knowledge that that felt like, like I said, like an anvil of stuff that like was sitting in my head for a total of probably in earnest, like two full hours feeling like it's maybe 30 seconds of actual time. Um, yeah, it was a bonkers evening <laughs> to say the least. I'm really not sure how to uh, follow that. <laughs> um, but I did, when I started writing notes about that evening, I did start off by um, uh, writing a few words that were kind of either coursing through my mind during that evening after the news had happened because I can I can tell you what those thir like actual game time thirty seconds that Prim and Valen were were making that decision. The rest of us downstairs for that real world hour and a half, um, we had some stupid videos playing <laughs> on YouTube in the basement, and mm -hmm. I was like drawing mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. just like picking random characters in the party to like draw different like elements of them right. and just like trying to uh bide my time be patient which is very difficult for me <laughs> um bide my time be patient and also still try to stay like in the game sure. but not get like super out of it right um so some of the phrases i i i wrote down just to encompass that evening was um lost mm -hmm. uh broken mm -hmm out of place mm -hmm. and 
alone. Mm-hmm. This is just going to turn into therapy. <laughs> um, um, I think what was a really big indicator or a, a red flag or whatever it was for mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. was uh, the rest of you all uh, came back downstairs after everything happened. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, there was a... There was an air that something was wrong and I couldn't bring myself to look at any of you, any three of you mm-hmm. that came mm-hmm. back downstairs, you Sam and TJ. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I obviously didn't know what it was, but mm-hmm. um, I had like a sinking feeling yeah. and I like, I didn't necessarily like watch you walk down the stairs because you were coming up from behind me. Right. But like, I don't know. It was a very odd uh, presence. Mm-hmm. And so I, uh, for everybody listening at home, <laughs> if you hear me like sniffling, <laughs> we're going to try to diminish that, diminish that diminuet. What the? <laughs> I saw where my brain was going. We're going to try to diminish the volume a little bit, but I mean, we're still actively like processing some of this. So yeah. it's very like, I mean, it's still very personal. You know, yeah. if you play D and D it's, mm-hmm. it, it's a big deal and it's confusing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, where the scene picked back up for the party after everyone had their conversations was um, uh, Sam just re-describing that the characters who hadn't left their rooms were still in their rooms and uh-huh. that the red glow from the doors had faded away. So um, I acted within Laura's parameters. I busted out the door. Uh, she busted out the door. <laughs> and then... Um, for a little bit of like backstory context with Lura and Valen, they travel together. They are kind of like a uncle and niece or like a very older brother and a younger sister mm-hmm. type dynamic. And like Valen brought Lura into the fold of like working with him and like growing, growing from his mentorship essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's usually awake before her was was kind of the the scene that sam was setting up and he wasn't awake so right. laura was like all right well, i'm gonna go what smash the his door down where mm-hmm. the fuck's my coffee <laughs> um and so she goes to knock on his door and there's no answer and when like sam sam said that uh the rest of me kind of caught up to Fell the situation and um and then, and then that was that. In juxtaposition for the other side of that, uh, Emily's character went and got to Prim's door. And that's when Sam narrated that they also found the notes. And then slowly, because he was struggling to get through it as well, um, kind of read what those said. And um, once he finished narrating those notes, that's where he was like... Okay, that's where we're going to close it for here and give people time to. I wrote that um, when he finished that, I, let's see, what did I actually say? I have no memory of myself standing up and walking up Mm -hmm. the stairs. Mm -hmm. I do remember myself saying, like, pardon, 
the language, everyone, but I legitimately said, like, fuck this. And I, like, walked upstairs and I went to be by myself because all I knew was that the emotions that were present Mm -hmm. in me at that moment were too overwhelming and, Mm -hmm. like, unmanageable. So Mm -hmm. I needed to, like, completely separate myself from the rest of the group. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, I went upstairs and I... I hung out upstairs for a long time, and um, <laughs> I was totally comfortable with no one coming near me for, like, <laughs> a few hours. But uh, eventually, TJ came upstairs, and he tried to uh, comfort me, and, and he did what he could. But I was, I mean, personally, um, I was having that same experience, right, of, like, multiple emotions all mm-hmm. sitting right on top of each other mm-hmm. and trying to aid and manage both myself and my character mm-hmm. um because for Soren it was like watching an out of body experience and having there 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 was like um a personal experience in my own life where i had a friend pass away and i didn't know until like weeks after they had passed mm-hmm. away mm-hmm. um And so there was, like, the slightest reminiscent trigger of, like, that happening. And Mm -hmm. so I think that probably made the experience just a little bit too too deep for me. Um, So I was trying to pull both Soren and Lura, like, out and Mm -hmm. let them exist. But they were fighting for the room (laughs) that is my skin sack. (laughs) They were, like, fighting for my vessel. And they're like, no, my emotions are important. No, my emotions are important mm-hmm. um and so i think that ended up overwhelming me in general right and so then i just sat upstairs and and cried <laughs> i did i i kept my my uh notes with me and i mm-hmm. i kept writing things not i i haven't gone back to look at them because i just haven't wanted to like completely open that wound for the moment mm-hmm. um but i did keep leaning into writing things down um as kind of like a catalyst or like kind of as a uh, a vessel to like pour into. Like I was already crying enough, but mm-hmm. every time a question or a thought was popping up in my head, I was trying my best like to use my notes as a as a vessel to receive some of yeah, that like yeah. garbage, a right? Place to put it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna bet that none of it is eligible. <laughs> Wait, that's not the word. Legible? Legible. Whoa. Legible. <laughs> None of it is eligible to be legible. <laughs> um, but it was, I'm sure most of it is chicken scratch, which is fine. But um, yeah, I, so if anyone needs a tip, if you are experiencing a lot of uh, frustration and sadness and pain, uh, just start writing. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't fix it. It obviously right. didn't make me feel better, but it did give me somewhere to focus yeah. the feeling. Yeah. Um, so I did a lot of that that evening. Um, even as I like recall it, I think that evening was the hardest part for me yeah. and, and my experience as a player. Mm-hmm. Um uh what else oh when tj had come up to give me some comfort and then later on you came up as well um i personally was just having such a hard time like i couldn't pull myself out like normally if i'm i don't know if this is like (laughs) don't worry i'll talk to my therapist about this later but like (laughs) um and i legitimately mean that uh i don't know if this is 
from like growing up or from like a, a learned behavior. Yeah. But I've always been able to like put my feelings aside to to try to help somebody else who's hurting or mm-hmm. um uh to deal with something else. Sometimes they're harder than others, but I have I I can say like to this date until that experience I have never not like been able to at least put my emotions aside for a little bit to try to like bring myself back down to ground yeah, zero. Sure. And I like couldn't. Yeah. I don't think I've experienced um like a shock grief that fast. Yeah. Like I've had family members and friends pass away and like the grief that washes over me has been a little bit more like slow to start and then it all hits but mm-hmm. this was like a literal bitch slap to yeah. the face right, right. Yeah. <laughs> both myself and and my character right um so yeah that evening was rough <laughs> <laughs> it was rough and i hadn't actually um katie and i haven't had the chance to like talk through that evening Mm -hmm. together yet really Mm -hmm. so we've i mean we've had a long week (laughs) and um we've both been busy and we knew that this was the next time we would see each other so i was like well that's when it's gonna happen i suppose (laughs) (laughs) well and i think it's i'm actually kind of glad that we didn't really have a chance to talk about it until now because i think that's what makes this conversation interesting oh sure it's like not canned you know like this is a very real time processing between friends um and so i think that makes this conversation ever more genuine um i will say in full transparency because we haven't talked about that night yet um so downstairs after you went upstairs downstairs um before tj came up we did like a here's what happened like out of character just so everybody knows where things went like this is what occurred right which uh was equal parts like weird to talk about and cathartic in a way um and then tj went upstairs and Sam was like, if there was a time for a palate cleanser activity, I think it's now. So, like, let me fire up Jackbox. Oh, my God. Um, And um, Grant made some jokes about our gearing up and winding down conversation. (laughs) Um, And after he got it fired up and we were kind of talking and chatting and socializing, um, I think that's when a few folks headed out maybe it was just Annalise I don't remember anyway there was a little bit of a transition um and I Sam kind of gave me eyes from across the room of like a you know like you might need to describe whatever like like an anxious like is is Soren good? Like, like if I could telepathic, no, the it, answer is no. uh, of like, should we wait for her? Should we wait for TJ? Like, should we? I don't know. Like, kind of like a what now? What do now? <laughs> um, and so that's when I was like, oh, I'll go, I'll go check and see. I, I kind of Katie knowing Soren and print. This is such a weird, like fucking meta shit. <laughs> Uh, Prim knowing Laura like understood that like there was going to need to be some time like it was not going to be a 
Soren goes upstairs for five and like wipes the tears and then comes back down. Um, for like the, um, I just want to throw this in as kind of like a he he also, oh, she's that kind of person. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't think I've talked about astrology uh, um, on the podcast uh-huh. yet, but um if anybody cares to know, sure. I am a, like Aquarius is my birth sign. However, I learned this new thing and it's called um, a stellium. And OK, hang on. Okay. Um, she, I wish you guys could see the like <laughs> like face that she just now? gave me. Um, there is this cool concept in astrology called a stellium. So okay. when you have your birth chart pulled up, you technically have all signs present in your birth chart. So every astrological sign is part of some piece of your pie that makes you up. Wow. Um, There are also, I'm going to keep this as like vague as possible. All the astrological signs are part of you. Okay. Outside of the signs, Uh there are houses. Okay. That all of these signs either exist within or out around. Okay. 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 When you have the same sign existing in more than one house okay three or more particularly um that is called a stellium sure so my birth chart i am an aquarius by nature Uh by my birth birth but birth (laughs) but i have in three of my houses okay pisces is the dominant sign Okay. And I can't fully explain, get into all those details because I don't quite understand it enough to explain it. Okay. However, mm-hmm. what that means is that um, I oftentimes can heavily relate or heavily lean into aspects of like the Pi- Pisces astrological sign. Pisces okay. are known for being big cry boobies. Oh, got it, got it. Here we are. I just linked it back. Um, <laughs> but uh, there are several areas of my life. Uh-huh. Um, all the houses pertain to different areas of your life. Okay. Career, emotional processing, love, whatever. This is um, Soren's astrology corner. Oh, shit. Katie's combat corner lives over here. But in that corner, <laughs> that's Soren's astrology Soren's corner. starry galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be like Mario Galaxy. Um but, uh, yeah, so there are a lot of aspects in my life where I actually lean into a lot of uh, Pisces stuff. And sure. this is very present in how I process this kind of stuff. Like, oh. I get very emotional, very, like, fast and loose with the tears. Sure. And uh, I've always seen that for a while as a weakness. Sure. And uh, the older I get, the more I see that it is just a willingness to be vulnerable. Yeah. And uh, so I'm trying to embrace that more and more. But yeah. So as a recollection, like I have, I'm I'm sad. I'm also like weirdly fulfilled and like also (laughs) concerned for friends, but also like just like all of those things. Right. Um, And so (laughs) I, had done the cry for that evening. Katie right. was not going to cry again for that evening. Um, <laughs> just foreshadowing. Um, Katie was not about to cry that evening. <laughs> Katie had dried up at that point. Um, <laughs> Emptied the reservoir. Yeah. So as I mentioned earlier in this episode, the thing that was present for me at this point was like, haha, whoa, right? 
like that kind of energy, um, which I was, was nowhere near that energy. It was, like, not in my mind. If you could imagine a football field, it was <laughs> like seven ends. of those. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> which I feel comfortable saying TJ also was not in the same place as me at that point. And part of, I think, where that came from, what honestly, was the fact that in my head over the last however many months, I had kind of come to terms with this already. <laughs> I didn't know how it was going to happen. And... This is not the, like, ideal death that, like, Sam and I talked about in his DM interview at the start. Yeah. But, like, I had already kind of mentally done some work around this topic already. Yeah, she done already manifested it. She already journaled <laughs> about it. Yeah. She already... See, and the thing is, while we've talked about it on the podcast, you've made the joke. I've always been like, <laughs> yeah, anyway. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so, like... I, I do remember, I mean, I, I led with some humor and read the room <laughs> after that and was like, yeah, okay, got it. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I remember saying, like, how can I help? And you were very much like, dunno, T TBD, come back in five, you know, like that kind Weeks. of thing. <laughs> yeah. um, so after we had talked a little bit about it, one of the things that I wanted to get across to you, and truly this was like a Katie to Soren kind yeah. of a, a conversation was like, yeah. I am not angry. Yeah. Like I wanted you to know that like I did not feel unjust about what happened. Yeah. It was um, in not very many words trying to communicate like, like Sam was serious about it, took it, didn't take it lightly, was in it with us kind of a thing. And that, like, I didn't feel like I somehow got gypped. Like, yeah. there was no, you know, problem there. Yeah. And eventually, after we had a little bit of that discourse, I was like, yeah, I'm gonna give you some space. Anyway, we're playing Fibbage whenever you're ready. Yeah. You know, like that kind of a thing. We are cleansing the palettes um, whenever you feel ready to do that. Whenever you want a good tongue, tongue scraping. Ew. Come on. <laughs> Um, TJ shared like a, a bit of that same sentiment, um, but and I mean, in his own words, sure. and in a, yep. um, I think at the time he had described the we we did what they would have done, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like we felt right in our choice, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think I was able to describe it well to TJ and he ended up like misunderstanding me. Oh, uh -huh. um, I was trying to describe like, because I, I wasn't just purely sad. Like mm -hmm. I was angry Yeah, and I couldn't, I couldn't describe it well to him. I was mm -hmm. trying to say like, I know that you acted within their parameters mm -hmm. and like that is all that you could do because mm -hmm. that that makes a good story. But mm -hmm. I wasn't in any uh, mental frame of reference to be able to say, like, it's OK. Mm -hmm. I was like, it's not OK. And I'm angry mm -hmm. about the fact that this is happening. Mm -hmm. um, but even though I'm angry, like, I understand what you're telling me and mm -hmm. I respect, like, you playing as the characters. Mm -hmm. um, but but that doesn't mean I'm not angry. Mm -hmm. So, like, it was the, 
the duality of experiencing mm-hmm. that. And I think initially TJ took that as like, I'm mad at you. Mm-hmm. How dare you mm-hmm. like do this and like make me experience this. And it wasn't until like the next day when he got home after work that I was like, I have not been mad at you this entire time. And I've like, I was I was going through that. I was experiencing whatever was going on there. Mm -hmm. But once we got home, like I tried to be nothing but gentle. I tried, like I I tried my best to like give you some space, but it was also weird. I I don't think TJ and I have both experienced grief at the same time in this Mm -hmm. way. Mm -hmm. And so there was this, um, there was this odd, thought process going through my head of like I'm hurting I need to be comforted I'm sad I can't pull myself out of this also you're experiencing loss and pain and I want to be able to comfort you but I don't have enough spoons yeah (laughs) to also comfort you yeah I kind of mentioned this earlier but and I think I'll probably end up mentioning it again but it is odd if this is a weird thing to say, so, like, stick with me for a second. <laughs> okay. If the passing that happened had actually happened to the point where, like, TJ and I could not receive other people's reactions. Yeah. We could make our choice and feel good and fulfilled and know that there are emotions left behind, but, like, we don't, we aren't there to process them with the rest of the party. Sure. It is a insane feeling to have made the choice and know it caused pain and anger and have to help receive that yeah it is i like don't know how like that even just saying it like that doesn't it is i felt guilty yeah i felt sad yeah i felt angry that there was anger because yeah. i was like i no, but i made the right choice like i did the thing i was supposed to do yeah but it still hurts and but and like like also saying like yeah and it hurts for me too and i don't know how yeah. to have all of this exist in the same yeah. place yeah and it was i mean it was weird and i like even mentioned that to my therapist of saying like i felt like i wasn't able to be seen in my grief yeah i had to just see everyone in theirs yeah. And hold mine back well, so that, that everyone was, else could have theirs. And that was part of, I think that I didn't know it at the time. That was part of why, like, I I left the space mm-hmm. was that I didn't know if everybody else was going to leave and, like, take mm-hmm. a physical lap and, sure, like, walk yeah, out. Right. But, like, I certainly didn't want to be in that space in front of you all and I didn't want to encumber anybody with me experiencing this so like while it wasn't completely driven by like I need to be thinking of the other people in this room it was definitely me selfishly like just trying to manage my own emotions Mm -hmm. I also I didn't I didn't want to 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 give any more down there i how do I say that? I I didn't want to be crazy emotional in front of everybody. And I don't mean that in a, like, stunning emotional. I mean that oh, in a, man. like, oh, Soren did not have the capacity to cry in front of a group of people. Yeah. And often I do. Sure. So <laughs> I can do that very, like, openly and honestly. But the the amount of that was not 
I didn't I didn't want you to all have to experience that with me at that moment. So, sure. um, yeah, I I can't imagine that side either because the whole thing is a weird amalgamation of stuff. In in all all sides are very valid and real. <laughs> yeah, like there yeah. like it, there is like a. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like where you were saying, like, I wasn't mad at TJ. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because there like there was no fault to be had. Yeah. You know, in my yeah. like feeling guilty, like there was no blame to lay. No. And I um, I even said this to TJ. I said, like, down the line, Laura would never want Valen to, you know, to make a, a decision outside of his character, right? Right. right. Um, to be anyone would, but himself. And, and neither yeah. would, would Soren. Yeah. I, uh, I would never ask that, like, people who are playing the characters to to make a different decision just because it caused me less pain. Sure. Right. Um, but that doesn't make, like, the pain any any less painful right yeah. and uh the thing i i said to tj explicitly was i am angry and i have no one to be mad at yeah and i can't even be mad like at sam because he was also acting within a character like yes he was dming but he was he was also embodying an archdevil and mm-hmm. and aligning mm-hmm. with with what that with what one of those would do yeah right, um, right and so again it's the logic of I couldn't have asked you or couldn't have expected you to act any other way right but now I'm angry and I have no one to focus this anger at so what do I do with this and I mean that is. I'm not a therapist and I don't study any of this, but like, please don't ask us for mental health advice. We're just talking about our experiences. LOL. (laughs) That is a stage of grief, right? Yeah. Is a stage of grief. Yeah. yeah. And, and that is, I think true of people who experience that stage of grief is like, you're mad at the person for dying, but like, not really. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's, you understand the concept and you understand that it's not like they asked to be (laughs) murdered, Yeah, but like also like, how dare you leave at the same time? 100%. (laughs) And, and it is, a stage of grief that eventually passes and turns into something else um and then once you get through that and all of that thing and you're like okay i see what was happening there like i understand the journey that i went on but it is a part of it for sure and that's the weird like going back to what i said earlier that's the weird part of being some being having prim be a part of literally a part of me but having her be in grayscale now which i'll get into that more later sure she she is still here she's still in my head yeah but she's she's not on a shelf now (laughs) you know what i mean and i can still access her and i can feel her fulfillment of being where she is and feeling like she did what she set out to do right but then also viewing seeing receiving laura's anger yeah and whatever Kiri's next, like, Kiri didn't say anything in that scene, but yeah. then afterwards, J- Emily referenced a John Wick revenge arc. Uh, so, like, you know, like, understanding that that's present and seeing that be present and having to observe it and witness it and receive it. And it's it. probably still on the way. Right. Because, like, the next time we play, 
it will literally I will be like yeah it's gonna be like re-traumatizing honestly <laughs> I will we'll get into this later also but I, I have already made the expression to Sam I don't want to be present at the next game sure because I don't think Katie can handle watching dude, everyone be mad. Dude, that's fair. Um, and I like, and also un- understanding the role playing scene that will probably take place. The prim that still exists in Katie's head is going to get mad at the people getting mad. You know what I mean? Because sure, yeah. she understands what happens and yeah. she understands where she is now. And so, like, yeah. how dare you? But like, so like, I told Sam, like, until which time my next character comes into the game. Yeah. I want to be away from the table. Sure. Um, well, and didn't, um, correct me if I'm wrong, did, well, no, because Laudna ended up coming back. Mm-hmm. But when... When Laudna was passed, she was out of yeah, the Yeah, she was away from the I, table. I told Sam, like, I want to critical role. Dimension 20 does the same thing. When a character is no longer at the table the player is no longer at the table and the difference is is that they have screens so they're probably still in the building and are just watching from a different room but um i I I, have a feeling i mean i'm sure it depends on the player but i'm sure there's a brand of player who's like i want none of this and you can like uh give me like the footnotes or like the cliff notes version i'm here for a recap but i don't need to geez yeah because there's a certain level of like you you need to like protect yourself Mm -hmm. as well Mm -hmm. because we're going to be mad Mm -hmm. and rightfully so but like that that's a lot to witness Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah and i like have gone through the fast forward button in my head and i can understand a few avenues that might come up and be possible which i won't get into for the sake of y'all's game um but like i have ran some scenarios in my head and there are some that really would be hard to sit through and like just be like a witness like not being even able to have a voice in the scene but just being having to sit and take and that is a thing that like literally like even just talking about it now like is getting me a little emotional about because like I'm like ooh ooh I don't want to touch that with a 10 foot pole like (laughs) if if I if I don't have a stake in that scene I don't know that I want to be in that scene sure um and I've also considered like we'll get into this later but i've also considered like should you guys end up like trying to go for a revivify like going and finding someone who has a revivify i've already told sam like prim won't walk towards the light she is yeah. good where she is yeah that, um, that's fair and you know because like in on critical role there is like a two-parter there is the like success of the ritual but then matt also gives a say to the player that the ritual is trying to reach and whether or not the ritual reaches them or not. Yeah. And I just like, um, you guys still should definitely do whatever you're going to do. So, yeah. you know, a little metagaming here, but like Prim did what she set out to do. And also she doesn't want to lessen the choice she made. Yeah. If she comes back at this point, the yeah. words she left everyone mean less. And she doesn't want that. She wants the development that can come from this.
Cleanser is brought to you by Roll With, with It. it. <laughs> Whoa. The synergy in this closet is unparalleled. Because we cried together. Oh. <laughs> Friends who cry together synergize together. Synergize okay. together. Um, yeah, we're going to launch back into um, our little segment that we tried last episode, which is called Roll With It. Thanks in part to TJ for putting some random roll tables together for us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we've got a couple of fun just would you rather questions that we're going to roll on today. Um, they're both would you rather D&D flavored and would you rather IRL. Are we doing two? Oh, shit. Yeah, I forgot we only did one last time. It's um, up to you. You can do two if you want. What if we do them like rapid answer? Oh, what if we do like first thought that comes to our mind? Like we don't get to like consider, consider and sure. deliberate for very long. Two, but rapid fire. Yeah. Got it. And we can give tiny bits of like clarification yeah. following, but right. uh-uh, it's top of mind. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um... Would you like to do the D&D flavor or the IRL flavor first? D&D. Okay. Uh, just for... Just so you know, we've already done number one. On the IRL. Table. On the IRL. So right. yep. if we get a one this time, we'll we're going to re-roll. Except it's D&D first. Right. <laughs> So I need a D6. Right. <laughs> okay. Rolling a D6. Why? Okay. It's like roll to everyone. Roll to oh. myself. All right. We have gotten a four. Okay. Four. Our would you rather D&D flavored question is, as a druid, would you rather leave your stats up to someone else or your spells up to someone else? Oh, God. I would rather, okay, I was like, I would rather leave out my stats yep. <laughs> to somebody I'll else. Pick them spells. <laughs> yeah, but yep. I feel like that's the the part of the fun. Yeah. Like, and a lot of the times when you roll your own stats, like you don't know how well it's gonna go. And there's right. only so many times that you're like, oh, I can put this on on that stat to make right. things a little bit better. But you right. can still roll shit stats. Right, right. So I'd rather somebody else do that for mm-hmm. me, and mm-hmm. then I still have agency over. I agree, a hundred percent. Wouldn't change a thing you said. <laughs> for the fun shit mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay cool well that was easy irl here we go <laughs> irl all right let's pull out this deets once i oh no okay i'll just motherfucker well to everyone i hope everyone gets a notification uh, 17 okay it rolled twice and then added the rolls, so I'm just oh. going to go with that. All right, fair um, enough. 17. Let us be 17. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Would you rather have nosy neighbors or noisy neighbors? Oh, my God. Nosy. We don't do anything worth looking at. I would I don't. rather have noisy neighbors. I'm no yelling, Helen. I don't like noise. I just, I don't need you in my face. I would literally just, like, block you on everything I can and, like, make my house as, like, uninviting as possible. Yeah. (laughs) But, uh, 
yeah, I think there's some of that privacy. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, and also, I'm noisy. So ten, nine times out of ten, I'll be like, yeah, what's up? <laughs> or like, also, get the fuck out of my face. Um, okay, cool. Nice. Well, rapid fire was pretty A easy. Good cleanser. <laughs> okay. <sighs> okay, so. <laughs> yeah. The next bit is going in like after the day so we're looking at we'll do two kind of segments the following weekend and then the next week um and i think overall these will be a little bit shorter anyway but um yeah thanks for sticking with us mm -hmm, friends mm -hmm. <laughs> also thanks tj for editing all this. uh okay so the following weekend um the things that i the first thing i have um from the following weekend so we're talking saturday and sunday I had this desire to connect. Um, I wanted to connect first and foremost with Prim. Um, I She lives in my head. I literally <laughs> wrote this down. We said this earlier. Rent free. But she lives in my head, but she's now, now in a grayscale. Like, I can still see her. I can still access her. But it's like a weird... Now there's like a small odd disconnect of closing her book and putting it on a shelf offline yeah 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 yeah. exactly um and i mentioned to sam like i wish there was a physical prim that i could just like hug mm -hmm. and that doesn't like she, she lives in my head can't do that um <laughs> and then like also wanting like to scour the internet for like a physical art print or mm -hmm. jewelry or plushy you know, just like yeah. anything that I can like physically connect with on some level right um so that was part of it and then the other part was like I wanted to connect with someone who could connect with how I was currently feeling and the people that I ended up like legit reaching out to for that purpose um was sam and tj um sam from an obvious perspective because i live with him and he was there uh oh. but then i eventually got like, tj was working that weekend also but in between his working i like we would text back and forth and eventually got to the place where we're like should we just like carve out some time so that we can actually like sit down and talk about this stuff. Um, and when I talk about wanting somebody who understands, we kind of mentioned this as we were going into our break, but like I wanted to be seen in my grief where I was. Um, and part of that meant wanting to feel good about the choice that Prim made, wanting to feel good about where she was, wanting to sit in that fulfilled feeling mm -hmm. um, without having to make a concession. Um, and I think that's part of why, and I mean, I, I, let me know if I'm off base, but I feel like that's why us connecting had to happen later. Because there had to be room for both of us to have the feelings we had without having to make concession for the other one. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And that, like, made me mad because I wanted to be able to, like, mm -hmm. do that sooner with sure, you. Yeah. But 
Absolutely. I yeah. agree. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of wrote like it was like truthfully waves of emotion. I think Sam could attest that like I would be making dinner or something and then he would come upstairs and I'd be like prim and then would like start crying and it would last about 15 minutes and then it would be gone um and so it was like this literal like tidal wave came in and then it would recede Mm -hmm. and that would just happen over the next couple of days where we would find time it would get quiet we would bring up like a thing from friday and (laughs) we would connect over that in some way and then it would recede and we'd move on yeah um and we already talked about this, uh, feeling the need to support also mm-hmm. and the oddity of part of you passing, but watching people grieve around you mm-hmm. um, and knowing that part is still present within myself, but exited from the, the chat. <laughs> yeah. You know, and like not knowing how to describe that not wanting to like invalidate or lessen anything you were feeling Mm -hmm. while still being like, no, she did what she wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And like, like just that weird dichotomy of not knowing how to hold both of those things. Um, That is all I wrote for that following weekend. It was a lot of just me like going, Oh, here's a wave of emotion doing whatever I needed to do to process that wave of emotion, which usually was talking with Sam and then letting that emotions fade away and doing like normal life (laughs) in between. Right. Yeah. Um, the first note I wrote just for that weekend was, um, a wreck. Mm. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) Um, that to like slightly go back to that evening, Mm -hmm. um, I did get to a spot where I could come downstairs and like talk mm-hmm. with everybody. And, mm-hmm. and I still felt very, um, very closed off and that was intentional and it hurt me like to do it at the same time. But I like, couldn't, I couldn't fully do like a Jackbox palette cleanser, palette cleanser. Um, it was it was just really tough like for me to do that. So I I like leaned into like trying to draw and trying to like watch everybody play and mm-hmm. like and enjoy it from that perspective. But while we were doing all that, at one point you were like, "What are you doing tomorrow morning?" And I was just like, probably crying, my mm-hmm. dude. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so um, we ended up going to the bakery the mm-hmm, next day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we went to a local bakery just south of town that our friend Lindsay runs. Mm-hmm. Shout out to um, Paper Moon Pastries. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we went out to uh, to Paper Moon Pastries, and um, that what what did I write down? I wrote we got up gir- we we got up girly we got up early. we did get up girly and we early got it was up an girly. early girly morning 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 <laughs> um but yeah we got up early tj came as well it was like mm-hmm. you me tjm mm-hmm. and cody mm-hmm. um and we got up early to get pastries and what i wrote for my note was like 
a brave face was necessary, but I couldn't really hang on to it. And um, it, I think, leans back into literally what what you just said about um, trying to hold all those emotions at once Mm -hmm. and and not really having the space to. Mm -hmm. And at one point, um, I think you had said to TJ, like, I think it'd be cool for us to do like a solo session with Sam. And I like immediately viscerally just shot back like hard pass and that was my grief showing Mm. (laughs) i was upset um but i also wasn't recognizing well i wasn't communicating Mm -hmm. that i wasn't saying that to you two Mm. i was saying that like keep me away from that because that will be painful for mm-hmm. me. Um, but I didn't communicate that <laughs> at the time. Um, and so we, we did our, um, we did our pastry thing. We, we had fun. Like I enjoyed it. You did have pie stolen from you. I will never forget. <laughs> Honestly, more upsetting than my own character passing from this mortal coil. I had my banana cream pie stolen by children. I paid for it and then got a refund because Lindsay's great. I didn't get my banana. That's a whole freaking reason that I went to the... That she wanted to feel better with banana cream pie. And we didn't end up getting it, but we <laughs> we did end up getting some really really good pastries. But still, that was um, that was hard. Um, but after after that, I think you and I hung out for a little bit longer, and then um, I went home, and it was off and on crying like that whole. The whole rest of that weekend, rest of those fewer days, it was a um, similar experience to what you just described, where it's mm-hmm. like, I'm doing okay for a while, and then something pops up, and it's like, well, shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's time. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's cry o'clock. Got it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, one of our lovely listeners... Um, gifted us with a candle oh yeah and thank you by the way jason i know you're listening (laughs) but um he gifted us with a candle and um the scent is sweet tobacco and just for some lovely context um valen's whole valen's character vibe is this um i don't I don't want to quite say like Ford from Critical Role, but like oh. there's there's some of that energy. Yeah, yeah. He's this mm-hmm. large, dark, brooding, like hunky, hunky Aladrin man. Yes. Um, and he was always carrying a pipe around mm-hmm. and he was always like either making the group coffee mm-hmm. or like leading tea. Le- a tea and like leaning back in his chair with his pipe. And so <laughs> mm-hmm. and so um I, I lit that candle and um, I don't think I've ever lit a candle and then just started like sobbing, but it was just like waterfall. Yeah. Like somebody broke the Hoover Dam. Yeah. Like, yeah. So yeah. that came out. And um, so now that, that candle has a special little sentimentality to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I let that baby burn all day yeah in my office yeah and i hid and played genshin impact and cried in between and it didn't help that i was playing some 
character stories that like had some emotional moments and right. so then it just like added on it really did just mm-hmm. made it thick. um but no, it was a good distraction every once in a while and um yeah that's what the next few days were was crying off and on also um i got a chance to talk with sam mm. and um it was it was tough but like it was it, it was a similar echoed sentiment as like I'm not ex- I wasn't expecting anybody to act any differently in those situations. Sure. That doesn't take away the hurt. Yeah. Was a lot of that. Yeah. Um, and uh, that was dominantly that weekend. I also was able to experience or at least figure out that I was experiencing. I don't think TJ and I have grieved at the same time for the same reason. Um, even if, uh, you become close with like your spouse or your partners, friends and family, like there is a difference with like when I lost my grandpa and Mm -hmm. like TJ supporting me in that way, Mm -hmm. or when TJ lost his grandfather and Mm -hmm. how you support, but we both lost Valen and Lura lost Valen. Yep. And the party lost Valen, and then TJ mm-hmm. lost Valen. And so, like, yes, he's fictional, but, like, you put so much work into these characters. And we've talked about this. Like, you put yeah. so much work into them. You you practically bring them to life. Right. Like, a few, a few steps short of, like, actual living human being. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then you lose them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was Paper Moon when I realized because when I had mentioned to TJ, Sam had basically said, like, I think it'd be cool to, like, have a scene because Sam Mm. was very adamant that, like, these characters are not entirely gone. Sure. They still exist in the world, just in a different way. Sure. And he also mentioned, like, they're gonna there is going to be an opportunity for them to, like, come back but it's like in a very you know spiritual uh, astral self kind of like like yeah 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 (laughs) and so he was like he had mentioned that and so he was like i think it'd be cool because they still technically exist in this universe to have a scene of them being in Arborea with Mistra, Melora, and yeah. Booker, and, like, what that's like. Yeah. And I had told him, like, I honestly, like, am feeling Prim, feeling sad for Valen, because Prim came home, so so mm-hmm. to speak, to Booker, right. and Valen doesn't have anyone. Like, Prim mm-hmm. has Booker. And yeah. so, like, I can feel her, I told this to TJ, too, like, excited to introduce Valen to Booker and like all of her friends and like meet Mistra and Melora Mm -hmm. and like so there like I feel that happening and when I had mentioned what I did at Paper Moon hearkening back to that like wanting to connect I that was me trying to connect to TJ and like I just happened to be sitting between you you did and (laughs) I be with your reaction I said okay I think in order for Soren and I to connect on this, we're going to have to have some space before we can. Yeah. Um, because there, I'm not going to be able to approach it from the place she's approaching it mm-hmm. and vice versa. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, so the next week. <laughs> so this encompasses the week we just had. Yeah. Um, initially, 
I have a standing call with my father, hi dad, on <laughs> Mondays, and we are not paying him royalties. I simply won't. Forget it, Michael. <sighs> um, so <laughs> I had a call with him, and I was like, "So uh, we had D and D this last weekend," and he was like, "Uh huh," and I was like, "And um, you know," and he was like, "Prim died." And oh I was my like, God. stop it. And he was like, well, you've been manifesting it for weeks. Oh, my God. Uh, and uh, we, that had, the phone. we had a conversation. It was actually very interesting. And I am grateful for it because he talked about loss versus gain. He was like. I was describing how it was interesting the different ways we were responding to it. And not just like you and me, but like yeah. you and TJ or yeah. me and TJ, you know, like just all of these things. Right. And he was like, well, I know you, you, Katie, lost a character. I get that. And th there's no shame in that game. Like that is a, a feeling you are experiencing. Yeah. He was like, good job, dad. Prim won. Yeah. She won the game. She won. If they're yeah, like like is the D &D, way to, the game, to win, you know, yeah. like the the goals she had set out to fulfill, she fulfilled. Yeah. Um, and in on the other hand, Kiri Lura simply lost. Like yeah. there was no gain for them. Yep. Um, and that just put it in a perspective that I mean, I knew like like I was able to make those thoughts happen in my head. But someone else, but said just it having to you. someone say it, I yeah. was like, ah, oh yes, right, that makes <laughs> sense. And he was like, and that that doesn't like take away from yeah. the grief, the loss of yeah. me, Katie losing Prim. It's just like a, it's a different kind it's a different brand mm -hmm. um and just having that again like thirty thousand foot view of like okay i c that makes sense to me yeah um and it was nice to have a third party like outside of the party completely yeah who yeah. knows about D, D, who knows about tabletop rpgs and the work that goes in and the da, 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 da. yeah but like he is not emotionally invested in prim yeah he's yeah. not emotionally invested in the story right and so he could very objectively be like all of this makes sense and being like <laughs> yeah right got it um and he and i towards the end of that conversation got to have some really neat conversations about my next character yeah. and what that's going to look like. Yeah. And so there was also some being that, that idea of being seen in my grief, but then also being seen in like a hell yeah, you get to do a new exciting thing. And yeah. that's really cool. Mm -hmm. Um, and not having to be concerned about like too soon. Like, is this moving too fast? <laughs> like he was able yeah. to just like see it for what it was and then right. be like, Hell yeah, that new character idea sounds bomb as hell. Right. You know, um, I then also had therapy on Tuesday. Woo! Um, <laughs> and that was cathartic in a different way because my therapist is not a D&D gal. Like a fourth, fifth party. Right. So I like kind of got to explain who Prim was. was. Yeah. And like, I remember her being like, she sounds really cool. She is what and and being like <laughs> yeah yeah and yeah. like kind of getting to remember that care like she lives in my head like being able to you're honoring recall 
her. The things she had done and the little gnome she was and having someone receive that and be like, hell yeah, Yeah. that's awesome. Um, And we talked about like how wild this like emotional study was of the fact that all of us were experiencing incredibly valid and real emotions that were our own but kind of were someone else's and experiencing how we ourselves might experience grief how this other character that is kind of a part of us but also their own person experiences grief um how all of those things exist together and apart and interact and don't um and you know i don't know if i uh, i don't know that it was like a an advertisement for D, but in a way it kind of was it was like look at this cool way we get to experiment with these feelings and like how that could be beneficial to someone or a group of people or whatever Mm -hmm. um so that was neat and then like straight from there i got in my car from therapy and drove to the mill and hung out with tj for Mm -hmm. the morning yeah honestly we were there from i met him at like 10 30 and then we were there to like 2 30 honestly we were there for a very long time um (laughs) TJ had enough time to get two coffees while we were there, you know. You know like, that boy can do that in <laughs> fifteen minutes. Well, so. okay, that doesn't say a lot, I guess. Um, and in our conversation, we were able to touch on a lot of things, and we were there for mm-hmm. a long time. But some of the highlights that I remember was being able to both go like, "We made the correct decision. Yeah, we did the right thing." Mm-hmm. and feeling good mutually feeling good about like any other th- any other choice would have been wrong any other choice wouldn't have felt right um and both expressing and like i don't know that maybe tj felt differently but like i don't know that we made any like active progress in processing but just hearing each of our experiences within processing mm-hmm was processing in a way yeah um you weren't well and you can correct me if i'm wrong but it sounds like you weren't deep diving into how hurt Mm -hmm. you felt or like the the pain you were experiencing right but you were processing the the logic of everything that happened and the the security that you felt in your decisions and the act of processing we Mm -hmm. were processing the act of processing jesus christ right (laughs) um and part of what we got into was like our hopes for the party at this point like and a little bit of prim and valen's hopes for the party at this point Mm -hmm. um wanting the deaths of these characters to be a catalyst for um are you sure you should tell me any of this well i i thought about keeping it but like i'm just gonna lose her fucking shit (laughs) i mean lura is (laughs) tj cut that out (laughs) (laughs) um i i considered not saying it but like i for the (laughs) Uh, researchy side for the like study side of this Uh Um, and I think you and our friends who listen are 
able to kind of like put this in your hip pocket and like not necessarily use it to affect your gameplay. Um, I won't speak for TJ. I think we had pretty much similar views, but this mm-hmm. is just simply mine. Um, I, Prim very much so. And she made it, I hope she made it clear in her like little notes that she left for everybody. She wholeheartedly wants this to be a catalyst instead of it being a weight that bogs down. I mean, and I I think she even honored that it could be that for a little while. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a little bit of hemming and hawing about the nature of this arch devil and the nature of the larger story beats, you know, with deities and, uh, what is good, what is evil kind of uh, a conversation. And Prim truly and, and wholly hopes that this is uniting for the party against that archdevil. Um, it is a, a way for everybody to be like, yeah, fuck that guy. Um, and a catalyst for like Emily's character, who was kind of a mentee for prim in the same way that valen and laura had mm-hmm. um that this is a a confidence booster for kiri it's a way for her to say like i don't have my grandma gnome to tell me what to do i just have to go out there and make choices and rely on the friends that i've made and those kinds of things yeah um So we talked a little bit about that and we talked a little bit about how we think, how we predict that dynamics might change in the party because Prim was pretty vocal and Valen was pretty vocal and they were older and they were confident in decisions and stuff like that. And so dreaming about and thinking about and theorizing how things might shift in their absence and then again how things might shift when our new characters are presented Mm -hmm. um and just like thinking about what that dynamic might sound like and then we spent hours dreaming up new characters (laughs) and and putting thought into those and i think again i won't speak for tj but like at least for me it was like a nice like um wind in sails mm-hmm. feeling of mm-hmm. just being like okay I can kind of let go of some of this weight I've been carrying for right. the last couple of days Prim still lives here in my being and my head and all of those things and I can still access her for myself and that is all well and good and now I can kind of move forward and go she did her thing she is her thing she Sam and I have also kind of like I have this next like plotting we've plotted some scenes um of ways that Prim could return in meaningful ways and Mm -hmm. then like the stuff in Arborea and stuff like that we've plotted out some of those opportunities so knowing that I get to revisit her and now breathe life into a new character and be mm-hmm. excited about that new character. Yeah. Um, and we talked about this earlier, but like TJ and I also kind of talked about, I don't remember exactly where he landed with it, but the idea of like not wanting to be present at the next session yeah. until which time our, our new characters come forward. Yeah. Um, just so that 
not only do we protect ourselves a little bit, but also we don't influence anyone else. Like you yeah. guys can have a legitimate real scene without having to like tiptoe around us. And we don't have to worry about receiving anything you put out in the ether. Right. And we can just like have a real interesting, genuine story mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. That's my next week. Um, Tell me about yours. My week. Um, I had a very like busy week at my at my nine to five job. Yeah, I had like staff training all week, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, there was a lot less time that I that I really spent like giving giving these feelings some energy and attention. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it it did like creep into my thoughts most days and. Um, I had to reschedule therapy, so I am actually coming up to going to talk <laughs> about this in therapy. But I have some, I have some notes, and I'm, I'm very excited to share it with with my own therapist as mm-hmm. well. And I also like have pseudo had some conversations with myself about like how I think they're gonna react, like, mm-hmm. uh, and all very like understanding and like validating but i'm just interested to see their reaction Mm -hmm. (laughs) when i explain it Mm -hmm. um and i also don't think i've had a chance to to share lura like with my therapist so i'm I'm looking forward to that as well Mm um uh let's see oh but as part of this week, like as I was prepping notes for this episode, mm-hmm. um, I like was getting sobby already because like it really has just been a whirlwind of. OK, we like we went through some really heavy days and now it's like back to it. Yeah. And I think. I think my Monday was probably the worst because that's the closest to the Friday. And Mm -hmm. then Tuesday is when training started. So, like, I had a Monday back in the office and um, I, I, like, it depends on the day, but, like, I am a a relatively social human. Um, I'm relatively extroverted, but, like, at my office job, like, I can have a tendency to hide at my desk because... Mm -hmm. I can either find something to do or I I get distracted. But particularly on this Monday, I was the least social I have Mm -hmm. ever seen myself in a long time. Um, And I I don't know if my team noticed that or not, but I certainly was. And uh, (laughs) so I... I gave myself, like, space to do that. I went to, like, whatever meetings I needed to and mm-hmm. participated where I needed to. But, like, I was giving myself a lot of grace, like, to be as low energy and as low effort with myself as I needed. Sure. And, and yeah, I think I really, really needed that. Um, I don't really have a lot else that I have done this week. It's been a few... A few days of like feeling better and then um the the tide comes back in mm. um but the 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 time blocks at which the tide recedes and comes back keep getting larger and larger so yeah. that is an indicator to me that I'm doing better and I'm on my way and mm-hmm. Laura uh I guess the the main thing that I've been thinking about towards the end of this week is like 
how do I prepare myself to go back into that feeling? Yep. And how do I re-traumatize her? Because <laughs> mm. she's, she's going to have to go back. Yeah. And I think... I don't know if this is helpful to you, but like the way I think about it is like we just paused the scene. Yeah. She is still very much there. She just yeah. hasn't. We haven't pressed play again. Yeah. Um, and I like also I didn't write about it until you had mentioned it. But like, yeah, work on Monday was weird as hell. <laughs> yeah. And like trying to like I'm usually the first one there. And, like, getting ready to open the building and then being like, none of these guys understand, know, care, want to know. Any of this. Any of this. <laughs> and I have one coworker. Oh, my heavens. Um, I have one coworker who plays D&D, &D, turns out. And, um, but it's like a family setting. It sure. will never get as deep as <laughs> ours get, I would imagine. Yeah. Um, and she was like, how was your weekend? And I was like, oh, Ugh. she was like, in fact, she asked specifically, she was like, you said you had D&D &D this weekend. How did it go? And I was like, uh, well, my character died. And she was like, oh, really? And I was like, yeah. Uh -huh. And like, I knew I could tell there was a little bit of a disconnect. She was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. Like, so now do you come up with like a new one? Like, she obviously has not. <laughs> they're like I said, their games don't get they're not as high stakes. You know yeah. what I mean? They like <laughs> right. play them with their kids and stuff right, like right, that. Right, right, um, right. But yeah, walking into work and being like, there's no way for me to express to these people what I'm feeling <laughs> and to not make it sound in. <laughs> like yeah like because like i am open enough as a person to be able to share with work like i'm not feeling great today yeah yeah maybe may even here's why but like going into my boss's office and being like yeah i'm sad and her being like why and me being like my fictional character passed in a fictional game and i cried about it for a while this weekend and her being like what huh okay like you know and so like it made me think of our trailer yeah when it's like how do you refrain from grieving about a fictional workplace. place yeah at your what? workplace you don't you you go into work and you do not social i mean yeah kind of like i just kind of weirdly kept to myself that day and yeah. um Put on a mask, just like yep. put on a, a, a facade of being like, yeah, this is a normal Monday. And I just don't who likes Mondays. Am I right? <laughs> Am I right? Um, and then going home and being like, holy shit, Prim's dead. You know, like <laughs> like it just oh <laughs> that, that dichotomy is so bizarre. It's so weird. No, it is. And um, God, I don't know that I could explain any of that no to anyone that i work with no. i think no <laughs> i'm trying to think of one person well who might be like yeah okay but no like even explaining it to my family members who aren't my father and have played D, &D like <laughs> i know mom listens to this and i am sure she will understand it at 
like the level of understanding other people's emotions, but like explaining it, uh, even to grandma and grandpa. I don't know if you guys still listen, if you do, hey, um, (laughs) but like, yeah, it's just like a weird thing to talk about and to like be able to describe the incredible realness of the emotion with the like self-awareness of like yeah i know it's fictional it is it's fictional but i've given so much of my time and my energy and my being right into also being someone else and i imagine there are um shades and like slices of this pie that actors also experience yeah, when yeah, right. when like they're on stage and have to go through this kind of stuff or if they're in movies and go through this stuff but mm-hmm. it's like taking your favorite fictional character from a piece of media and like more than cosplaying them yeah like putting on their outfits and living their life and then seeing through that character's eyes everything yeah and experiencing that i was just thinking like i am a pretty empathetic uh viewer of television and movies and stuff like that and the like if there is a emotional scene on the tv like i very much so feel shades of that emotion yeah how'd you do a steven universe well you know (laughs) same dude <laughs> Same thing with like Outlander and like yeah. uh Claire going back through the stones and like all of the yeah, like even yeah. in just like reading that, I'm like sitting here like yes. <laughs> um and it is it is it is like that. But if Claire Beecham was just a part of you. Yeah. If Pearl was just a part of you that you created mm-hmm. and pushed out into the world. And just, I swear <laughs> to God. <laughs> Don't make vulgar gestures and I they won't make vulgar I, I, jokes. I didn't. I punched. I did a punch. You did a, you did a I low didn't. punch. Oh my God. <laughs> that, that's still just a punch. Okay. Um... But yes, but it's it's creating that person, that part of you, putting it into the world, having them do real life things and experience real life emotions. And then like having to put those emotions away because they're not really yours. They're somebody else's. It's a huge mind fuck really is what it is. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The dichotomy. I I think I tried to explain this uh, amidst my own, like, grieving panic attack I was having that evening was both Soren and Lura are in here right now, Mm -hmm. and they're both fighting, like, not necessarily for attention, but they're they they both want to be valid and exist alone, Mm. like, exist alone as single entities right now and i i'm one person i don't have space for that right um and so all of the feelings and experiences are are jumbled and and they're all mixed together right now yep yeah um i all of this to say is there anything from that week that you still want to express or 
get into? No, I think that is like the end of where I'm at presently. I think we are moving on to to bigger and uh, well, the, Laura doesn't know this, but the hope is moving on to bigger and better things. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's still a lot of like processing left to happen, and I have so many drawings that I don't know if I'll ever catch up on, but mm-hmm. I did. Oh my gosh. I didn't write notes about that. Okay. I will talk about this. I did a lot of drawing this week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I specifically did a lot of Lura processing things. Sure. Yeah. Um, so those are some, some drawings that I'll be like returning back to and um, it really using as, as a way to kind of cope. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, that was that was the other thing that came out of this week was I've had lots of doodles and lots of like little scenes that have popped up in my head about the experience. And mm-hmm. I've had different ideas for Prim and Valen. And I have a very exhaustive list that I have going in my own notion of mm-hmm. all of the things I want to draw. And so I've been trying to use that as a positive way to cope. Yeah. 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 Um, hopefully this kind of conversation is insightful for anybody who has a character that's in the crosshairs or, uh, you know, a friend who has a character who's in right, the crosshairs. Right. Or even just, you know, I know we have a lot of folks who listen who don't play D&D at all, but this is just like an interesting thing to know about part of what goes into playing D&D and if you're one of our friends and we play <laughs> D&D. Maybe this gives you some insight into where we've been for the last week. Yeah. Um, As a side note, like, we know that not every table is like this. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, we've said it and we'll probably say it many more times is that we're a very story-driven table. Yeah. And uh, so while this might not happen at a more combat-focused table, um, it absolutely can happen yeah. at any table. Yep. Yep. Um. But yeah, let us know if you have similar thoughts and if you've had, you know, if you're like us and are blown away by the insane dichotomy that these, you know, (laughs) situations bring up. It's it's wild. It's cathartic and heavy and exciting. And like I think we were both saying, like, I don't think it gets talked about nearly enough or like in the I don't know. I don't think it gets talked about at all, really. I haven't seen it, at least, if yeah. there is. So we, I guess this was like, we should hold space to do that, and we yeah. should let other people, like, yeah. chime in. Well, and I, like, like, I, in processing it this last weekend, weekend, I was like, I just, I remember, like, Molly dying on Ooh, Critical Role, and yeah. Allison, and... Ashley Birch, who was there as a guest and like all of these things and just imagining that reaction and remembering that you were on camera. Uh Uh-huh. And there weren't even cameras on us. Like Like, Matt also having to try to maintain all of that. Yeah. And then more recently with Laudna and Orem. Orem? Gosh. Grant's character is Orem and Liam O'Brien's character in the campaign three is Orem. And gosh, it is confusing. Um, But... (laughs) Like, imagining those real emotions, Mm -hmm. then actually, like, Ashley Johnson having to pick which one to revivify. Good God. Like, like, I'm, like, now having experienced it for myself, imagining being at that table and having two players down like ours were and then having to pick. Uh Uh-huh. 
holy cow. Yep. Um, just like it's crazy. And and I honestly, if they ever have the opportunity to talk, I mean, they talk about it a little bit in like Foresighted Dive and Tox mm-hmm. Machina when that was a thing. Right. Um, but like just having a full episode or space or video or something about like what was that like what was that like and how do they handle it and is it yeah. different for them you know like all yeah. of that kind of stuff what happens outside of that game then mm-hmm. once the cameras turn off then what does matt do as a dm to take care of his players but then what do those players do to take care of each other and, and themselves like who was yeah. any of those players on in campaign two feel anger around that mm-hmm. and like wh- where did they put it you know, yeah, I they were feeling love angry. to hear Laura's perspective. Oh, like with Laudna? Uh, on Laudna and on oh. losing Vex. Oh, sure. Yeah, just like uh, in that span, just like that small piece of time where mm-hmm. we watch her react. And I just... Well, and I also thought about Molly because Travis and Laura weren't at the table. They were having their child. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And being like, I'm not even here for this. Like, yeah. I'm not even at the table for this. Like, and I it's... couldn't have done anything about it. Yeah. Um, it's just like there's so much that goes into it. And all of those all as of those emotions are real and valid. We watch it and, like, get to experience the from the outside like the entertainment that is Mm -hmm. like um an actual play stream um those people still have to go home those people still have lives to lead and those people are still they are consuming those characters so how does that affect them was ashley and laura's dynamic like when ashley picked orem instead of latna like how did they how did they care for that relationship like the Ashley Laura relationship, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely, and the Fern and yep. Imogen, yep, yep, and yep. you know, like just like all of those layer dynamics that you don't consider when mm-hmm. you start playing D anD D, and frankly, you don't even really consider in the middle of it until like there's this big weird thing like fissure Sitting that's in put front of you in front of you that you have to try to figure out how to cross. Yeah, it's wild. Anyways. It is. <laughs> We've been talking, the timestamp on our recording right now is two hours and eight minutes. Uh, Sorry, TJ. All right. Well, that is it for us this week. Thank you so much for spending time with us today and holding space for this very important conversation. I hope it meant something for you. Um, Thanks for Noah Trumbull for the use of our theme song. There is a link to his Instagram in the episode description, so give him a follow and and check out what he's doing with his band and his music. If you are enjoying the show, um, there are a few things we'd love if you do. First, please leave us a review because reviews help other listeners find us. Thank you for everyone who has reviewed us so far. We appreciate it so much and it, it really means a lot to us um second if you wouldn't mind following us wherever you get your podcast so you can um wow i just like dramatically shifted <laughs> follow us wherever you get your podcast so that you can get to our new episodes sooner um and lastly follow us on facebook instagram twitter you know the whole spiel um to see what we're up to and also be the first to know when a new episode drops and join those conversations that we keep bringing yes, up please. you know uh we also want to hear from you if something came up in today's conversation that really hit home with you resonated with you um we want you to tell us about it if you have like if this sparked another idea for something you'd like to hear us talk about we'd like to hear about that too um you want to introduce yourselves and like say hi and be 
internet friends, we'd like that also. So send us an email at chromaroses at gmail.com. Um, we've said it before. We'll say it again. We check that thing more often than we need to. So uh, we'll respond right away. Um, that's C-H-R-O-M-A-R-O-S-E-S at gmail.com. All lowercase. We simply cannot wait to hear from you. We really need to make a theme song for that. Honestly, yes. I'm on it. You're okay. right. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, this has been Chromatic Roses. I'm Soren. And I'm Katie. Be nice or else. <laughs>